Hello everybody, this is Corey Harrington, your host for Flip Connect. Hope my audio is good. I'm recording on a Samsung phone in my vehicle. The last recording I did was about an hour long interview with my wife, who's a realtor and broker for our company, House Buyers Direct. It was a great interview. We were driving back from our son's football game way out there in Lubbock, Texas, heading back to San Antonio. And the recording was complete garbage. It, it seemed like the mic picked up on the laptop and used the laptop's little tiny microphone instead of this big production road um, Canon mic that we had, or actually omnidirectional mic that we had. Anyway, today I'm going to talk, and hopefully if, if this audio is okay, uh, be patient if it's not. I think it's pretty good information. It's going to be helping you out in your career, uh, buying properties. We're going to talk about assignment of contract so an assignment of contract is an agreement in which you can transfer who is going to be purchasing the property under which name it'll be purchased so there's multiple reasons that you would set something up like this when you initially sign a purchase and sale contract between yourself or your company or your partners and the owner of the property, current owner of the property. You may want to add an additional partner and add them to it so you can do so without needing to go back to the seller of the property and get permission to add them on to the contract. Uh, or you may have a, a different legal entity that you guys set up after the fact and decided that you know it's best that you know we're in this deal owning having controlling interest of an LLC for example that is 50% owned by each partner as opposed to doing a joint venture where individual companies or a person and a company separately come together and partner on a deal um, other reasons you could decide that you want to wholesale the property and with exception to the fact that you do not have or choose not to have the ability to fund and close on the front side of the contract, the purchase agreement that you signed up front. And you would prefer just to give it to someone else and let them go through the process of purchasing it. All the same, the contract is being honored. It's legal. It is... Uh, you know, uh, information that uh, is allowable and based on the way uh, the verbiage is written in the purchase agreement. I am not an attorney, so I'm not going to go ahead and get involved with anything other than the statement that when I do an assignment of contract, I do and or assigns on my purchase agreement. So, on the purchase agreement, where it says... I such and such want to buy X property from the other guy. I buyer want to buy this property from the seller. I would put I as myself would which I always go through my company. So it would be for example House Buyers Direct LLC and or assigns as buyer choose to purchase 1234 every street from every city California 
in the United States from Mr. Seller. And that allows me to bring a different partner in to whole, uh, not wholesale, but to assign the contract outright and give it to somebody else in exchange for a fee, a finder's fee, which does not diminish the dollar amount that the seller is, is, has agreed to and will receive by a single penny. Uh, but it gives me the right to do these things without going further and getting um, written consent from the seller of the property that my intent is to transfer from my company to somebody else's company as the buyer of the property. That does materially change certain things. And so there may be states or circumstances in Texas or other states in which and or signs would need to have additional documentation provided that the seller is, is knowledgeable of this and agreed. However, legal stuff apart, again, not an attorney. I'm just telling you what I've done with my transactions and I've had no problems with those transactions and anytime I do an and or signs. Also, as another disclaimer, I do and or signs on every single contract I write. So if I have every intention of purchasing the property through my company and I have no intention of assigning the contract or do or bringing on a partner or anything else, I will still write and or signs because, you know, situations do change. Things do come up. Uh, a partner may present himself uh, the last 10 days of the contract, which turns out to be a great deal. Say, look, I'll pay for everything and I want 25% of net profits. That's a great deal. I would take that in a heartbeat from pretty much anyone. And in that case, I'm going to add them on. And I don't want to have uh, the burden of communicating this information to the seller who may either be looking to get out because perhaps they found a better offer and want to change their mind, um, but can't do so otherwise because they have a legally binding contract and somebody's offering them, you know, five grand more and they want to they wanna move forward with that. In some cases, like commercial property, someone can be offering them hundreds of thousands of dollars more. Um, and they want to exit your deal and go with the, the newest best thing. Well, that's not allowed. Um, and if you present them this information that you want to add somebody to your deal, whether or not they have excellent credit and excellent down payment ability... Uh, or a qualified investor can fund 20 deals uh, and would qualify with anyone, well, if that seller on a whim decided that it's better to take this extra money from someone else down the road and because the fact that you want to add a partner on your deal, I refuse. This They could state that it's risky that it's unknown or they don't believe the information even if they show you if, if, if you as can, can meet with the seller of the property and introduce your partner with the seller and have the seller show them all evidence that they have every financial ability to make the deal happen they could still say no 
or they can just refuse to do such thing. And, and so you don't want to be in a situation like that. So for me, I always write and or signs because I want to make sure the deal happens. And for me, bottom line, I think one, definitely one, but perhaps two properties that I've ever signed contracts on, I've signed hundreds of contracts to purchase properties. I have closed on every single one of those properties except for one or two. I'm always going to close. Now, a lot of those were assignment of contract. A lot of those turned out to be wholesale where I bought it and then sold it right away. Others were where I bought it, fixed up the foundation and roof and electrical and other structural elements, and then sold the house to someone else who can put in their own sweat equity and finish out the deal. You know, those, those, are, those are good opportunities. Um, but regardless, I've always done and or signs since day one, since I've become, you know, a professional real estate investor. Uh, full-time in Texas, which is 2008, even though I've been investing since 2003, um, this would have been a standard practice for me earlier on if I knew about it, but it wasn't as relevant because I didn't have any many deals. It wasn't for, you know, this completely different scenario back then. However, I would suggest that you talk with your attorney and see what the pros and cons talk with your title agency. Talk to whoever you trust and see what uh, their opinion is, but I always put and or signs. Assignment of contract is a great vehicle for you because you can go out there and make a decent amount of money without ever buying the property. So you hear all the time for uh, you know, from people that are selling something to you, uh, not not the full picture by the way they're selling something to you that's a pipe dream in these circumstances saying that you can you know buy houses with no money down no cash out of pocket everything's easy everything's perfect and I'll show you how to do it just pay me a bunch of money and I'll teach you well okay I'm gonna give you this information absolutely free you can buy with no money down however how are you going to find that property? You need to market. You need to advertise. You need to expose yourself um, or expose your business to the supply chain. People who own properties that want to sell them that are in disrepair or in some other way um, distressed assets. So you're going to have to spend some money uh, or a lot of sweat equity, but you still have to buy paper and pens. I mean, if you're going to write on a piece of paper and put it on every single doorstep, you can do that, and you'll get a deal eventually. So you're not spending, but you're still spending money, aren't you? And you're spending a lot of time, and you're spending fuel and food, you know, to energize yourself to go do these things. So there are always costs to this, but you can minimize your costs greatly. You can minimize your risk substantially, almost to an infinite risk mitigation by never purchasing the property. Now, if you are uncertain in any way or do not have the ability to fund and close if everything goes bad, then you probably shouldn't do it. That's a that's a that's a moral question and that's really for you to answer. But when I sign a contract, I close. I'll do everything in my power unless there's something horribly wrong with it, information that was not disclosed to me up front that made a very significant 
difference in my view on this on the risk and reward on this particular transaction so on and so forth but just so you know you know the uh, uh, the intent is there so if you come in and know that you know you don't have the money to close but you know you have like seven eight investors that are ready to go or you have friends that are wholesalers or or you work for a wholesale company you know you're a realtor and have good contacts by all means sign knowing that you're not going to close that someone else is going to close but make sure that closes and if it comes down to it and you and everything the skull sky falls in then you're going to have to have a heart to heart with that seller and explain to them what's going on and come up with a solution that everyone can live with um there were scenarios with me in the past where I had too much going on, I had too much capital outlay and a lot of construction debt or a lot of construction expenses coming up and and I made a deal on a property that I thought initially I'd have no problem but as the weeks progressed I'm like oh man, you know, I need some more money, I need a partner. Uh, I started talking to f- family and friends, anybody. You know, I needed, I needed, I think, uh, t- talking about a specific deal in 2017, I think I needed, I think I needed like 15 grand more. And I had a house that had um, some, a roof or, I don't know, it was a roof and something else that we didn't anticipate that we needed to get done. And so we had to spend the money on that and the cost went over, time went over, everything else. And so, you know, I had to put all my money into this other project as well as keeping my business going and paying for uh, everything else under the sun. So I needed more time. Um, I could have asked for a lesser dollar amount from the seller, but in my experience on the multiple times that I have done that, when I came back and said, I I don't want to pay you this, I want to pay you that, they got upset. Because when I buy a property, I tell them pretty much, unless circumstances dictate otherwise, that the assumptions I'm making today through my own inspection, looking at the property, are going to be my basis for the price point. And if I'm wrong, if it turns out that there needs to be an AC and I didn't factor the AC into my, my offer price today... I'm not going to come back to you um, and ask you to reduce your price $5,000 because of it. Normally, on a purchase contract, that is standard. When you buy a house, you go through an inspection period after the price has been established and agreed to. And then you renegotiate the price in terms, or both, uh, or one or the other. perhaps some conditions after the fact so you know I'm gonna buy the house for five hundred thousand there's that I'm assuming that everything based on the information you've given me is correct so I'm gonna buy it assuming there's nothing wrong with the house now an inspector comes in finds that the AC is about two years from dying but it's still working but it's pretty old and it's past its effective date and has you know, a weak capacitor, and he, you know, he knows it's pretty much gonna, gonna crap out in a, in a couple of years. 
um, a roof that has gone past its warranty say it's a 30 year roof and it's 32 years old or anything else when the inspection comes back you will present your findings to the seller of the property and negotiate a lower price point based on the things that are wrong that is perfectly appropriate for somebody who does not buy houses for a living does not buy apartments for a living uh, purchases once every five or six years moves on to the next home lives there for a while has a job change moves in. so they may have done two or three house purchases in their life and they are not experts in roofing and air conditioning so of course they're going to have that inspection um, sellers anticipate that and are educated by their realtor that these things will occur and it's known it's a nuisance but it's part of business now the difference with us and with many successful real estate investors is when they come to you and you they you both know the house is, is a wreck and needs a bunch of stuff and there's going to be more maybe less than what you anticipate in terms of repairs but you're taking a chance now you have to insulate your offer price if you think it's going to cost ten thousand you got to ask for a fifteen thousand dollar discount because chances are there's going to be more or the price of materials will go up or a laborer may not do a good job and you have to hire somebody else there's plenty of reasons why you need to ask for a little bit more to protect yourself uh, protect and, and ensure that your numbers reach their mark so you can continue to stay in business so i you know but in this scenario, I was talking a lot about that, but in this scenario when you have an assignment of contract and you realize that you do not have the ability to close this thing and it's going to be like two weeks away and you need to fund and close the deal and you know you only have half the money, you can get a hard money loan, but this is going to break your bank. It's going to ruin you. Uh, you need a partner to help you out and you need some more time. You can ask the seller to be your partner. You can say, listen, and I've done this before and I've done this successfully. I haven't done it a lot, but I've done it. And I'll, I'll do a, a, a podcast on that if, if people are interested. We'll talk about uh, a property. I, I partnered with a guy from the Air Force who was a, a, a surgeon at uh, one of the bases in, in San Antonio. Um, and uh, it's probably Lackland because they have Wilford Hall there. And uh, anyway, we, we partnered on a deal. Um, he was out of state. He moved to D.C., work at the Pentagon, um, non-medical you know, gig. And uh, he wanted to sell his home. There's some updates and improvements that need to be done. And he didn't have time to mess with it. And as opposed to me buying the house for a price lower than he was willing to accept, I said, let's partner up. He paid for the materials. He maintained the note. Um, I'll pay for... Um, all the crew and construction and he reimbursed me and then I'd get 25% of his take he gets 75% and after a threshold was reached so the watermark was paying off his mortgage um, second criteria was a certain dollar amount and then after that whatever profit was made from my efforts I get 25% and it wouldn't cost me a dime up front uh, well it did cost me for my labor my contractors um, but I was quickly reimbursed so you know we did a paint job I'd contact him he'd reimburse me for those funds 
and on and on and on. So anyway, you can ask for a scenario like that. And this, this one worked out well. We both made some money. He made more money than he would have initially based on my offer to him. And it was a win-win situation for both of us. So that may be a scenario that you can come back and ask, listen, will you partner with me on this and, and set your terms that are attractive? Or say, look, will you sell or finance me? What if I give you 10% more and pay it off in five years? Will you allow me to do this? I can turn it into a rental. I can fix it up slowly. Um, I can turn it into an Airbnb, you know, X, Y, Z. And then when the time comes, the market gets stronger. The prices of housing goes up. Um, I'm already buying it at a good price. There's going to be some equity there. I'm going to create some equity with the improvements as well. You're going to get a good return on your money. Um, you may offer them 5%. That's much better than paying a hard money loan. Or 50-50 if you're partnering with people. So it's it's, it's good money. It's, it's, good, it's a good investment. It's, it's a good payout for the sell of their property. And if they have the ability to do that, they may say yes. So these are the, these are the ways that you can try to, you know, um, make the terms work for everybody. So there's a lot more to assignment in terms of there's a lot more conversations we can have about things and the best way to approach it. Uh, if you want to hear more or have a breakout session or we can have special trainings, let me know if that's of interest to you. Corey at flipconnect.com. Corey at flipconnect.com. You can always email me and I'll respond to you as quickly as possible and we'll go from there. But uh, hopefully this was helpful for you and I look forward to our next meeting on the next uh, episode.